Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Devil in the Detail podcast. We're back a, a day late, I'm sorry about that. And it's me coming in your ears this time and not Deck. Today we're going to be talking about the Real Sociedad game, the dismal 1-0 and the penalty decision in that. United have got six players out of contract in the summer, including De Gea, Rashford and Ronaldo. We're going to talk about Liverpool's dismal 4-1 loss to Napoli. The Premier League game's being called off in the last weekend and this weekend in United's case. And we're going to preview the massive game against Sheriff in the Europa League. Let's get into it. Right then, Deck. Thoughts on the Sociedad game? Obviously, a 1-0 loss, a pretty appalling game. I was there myself. I didn't enjoy it. Lots of contentious decisions, lots to talk about. Give us your thoughts on it, lad. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for you going. It was bloody dreadful, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we we made quite a lot of changes um, to to the lineup that was in the Premier League. I'm trying to bloody remember it. To be honest, um, obviously the big big talking point was the penalty, but we were shocking. Other than that, I, I, you can't. Obviously, that is that's cost us two points because we, we don't think we did enough to win 100. Um, percent So I would say it's cost us two points, and that was a big talking point. But we were still shit. I, it's yeah. I don't think anyone staked a claim at all for being included and like big disappointments it like for the when the Premier League does return it's bloody back Europa League again but we'll get onto that. Yeah. Um but yeah I was disappointed with like Casemiro, I was disappointed mm-hmm. with Fred. Like that partnership you would have thought them two together. Just pretend you're playing in yellow boys. Like, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Pretend you're playing for Brazil, exactly. Yeah. I mean they're the start that's the starting midfield in um uh that they play in Brazil. Um, Christian Eriksen I thought was our, probably our best well certainly our best midfielder uh, did really well in the uh, Martinez did well when he came on apart from that that everyone else was pretty poor, Casemiro poor like I said Anthony poor, just the entire front line was, was, was terrible Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah the defence it was, it was a good defensive display even I mean the only goal we conceded shouldn't have stood like mm-hmm. shouldn't have been a penalty so defensively good weak in attack yeah it, it, it was a bit of an odd performance really because even though like you say there was quite a few changes that some of the core plays were still very much there like obviously De Gea was still in goal which I was surprised that I thought Dubravka would be a shoe in to play um, Malassia obviously still started Delo started as well um, and like you say the midfield three was just bizarre like I fully thought as soon as we signed Casemiro by this point in the season, I'll start in midfield three. It'd be Casemiro, Fred and Bruno or Ericsson. Yeah. At least them two would be mainstays in the team because of what we need it for defense, defensive kind of stability and structure. Um, but I don't know what it was with them. I suppose it was only one game, but it wasn't, um, you know, I don't want to say they're an easy opponent, but, you know, we should still be beating them with that kind of team that we put out. And it just it just lacked any kind of real creativity. It looked more like a Ranić performance to me. Do you know what I mean? Because even in the Ten Hag games, yeah. when we've lost to, you know, Brentford, lost to um, to Brighton, we did still create a few chances and, you know, grab one goal in those. And it just looked a bit dismal. It was just really, really odd. Because even though we've made changes, obviously these players haven't played together the whole time. We do this every single time we're in the Europa League under Mourinho, under Van Gaal, under Oli. And we still seem to put a decent, decent shift in. Do you know what I mean? Under Oli, we put second teams out, got to the final, should have won it really. Under Mourinho, we did the same and we won the thing. So... Um, I was a bit confused as to. I just don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because the players that haven't, you know, the players that came in haven't played together before. If just lack fitness or, you know, the I, I don't. I'm really not sure about it. But I thought Ronaldo was pretty disappointing. Um, De Gea, mm. I think, was disappointing as well. I'm not scapegoating people. I think they're all shit. But especially that midfield two of Casemiro and Fred, and I thought Casemiro was especially poor. Didn't look anywhere near yeah. as you know confident on the ball as he as he has when he's been dropped into massive pressure games for us so far like the Arsenal game um so it was just a bit of an odd one I mean the loss hasn't the loss hasn't upset me a lot I can't lie it's, it's the Europa League mm-hmm. I'd like us to win it but I'm not going to cry if we don't because I think one thing that shows true progression is finishing fourth in the league because that's harder to do than win the Europa League I genuinely believe that with the kind of team we've got um, but it's not a great start, is it? You know, one loss, you could lose the next game away at Sheriff, which we'll get into in a bit, which is very easily possible. And then we're in a lot of trouble. Um, but let's get on to the main talking point of the game. Obviously, it was that penalty. Lissandro Martinez, as you said, came on, put a really good shift in. Again, solid defensively, like you said, they all were. 
but for that solid defensive performance, he ended up costing us a goal. Um, do you think it was right or wrong? I think I know your answer, but I'll ask you anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was just... It's just laughable, isn't it? Really, it's mm-hmm. it's it was just a terrible decision. I mean, I, it's just it's just so obvious. There's no point in me talking through it because it's just so obvious. It hit his thigh before yeah. it hit his arm. His arm wasn't particularly in an unnatural position. It was like as relatively yeah, close it like to in, the it, thigh. I, I, it was turned to the thigh. Yeah, I, I almost I, I almost think he had his arm where he it had it to kind of help him not give a penalty away, but very close yeah. to his body, tucked beneath his chin. Yeah. I know he kind of did hold it in front of him, but he didn't jump up, jump in with his arms flailing around. You know what I mean? He had one arm by his side and his other one across his chest. So yeah. I, I don't you're know what more do you're expecting him to do there. Yeah, exactly. It's just unrealistic. Um, so yeah, it's it's an odd one for me. Like like you said, really good block, and it says a lot that not one. So I was obviously at the game. Um, not one Sociedad player, coach or fan appealed for the penalty. So when the whistle went, I was really confused as to what had happened. Like I thought, has it been a handball? Yeah. Has someone been pushed off the ball? Do you know? Because there was a corner before that. But it, it was really odd. Like you said, just hits his knee and hits his arm. And I think in the laws of the game, at least that we've seen in the past few years, if it hits your hand, if it hits your knee or something first, if it's a defensive action, they don't usually give penalties for that. If it's an attacking one, they do. But a defensive action, you don't usually do it for that. And I was I was miffed at the lack of a VAR review as well. You know, with all the stuff going mm-hmm. on around VAR, I actually made a TikTok saying, you know what, watch, there won't be one bad decision in the European games this weekend, week, mm-hmm. because we've got better referees and better officials on VAR. And then the first game I actually see, we get that. But were you a bit miffed at the lack of VAR intervention? I kind of thought that's what it was for, because to me it's a clear and obvious error. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know, it kind of... Makes you think, you know, in tennis, like for the Hawkeye, they have like a review. You can have an appeal. Yeah, you um, get so many a game or something, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they could do something like maybe because I mean something as obvious as that. But I guess you know if VAR, I guess it wouldn't work because VAR wouldn't have overturned it apparently, else they would have intervened. So, but to say that it's whether it's a clear and obvious error, and for me, it obviously is a clear and obvious error. Because for for one, like you say, it is it, it is leg first, yeah. and they don't normally don't give that. And two, his his arms were <laughs> relatively close to him, so I can understand. I can understand if if either one of those things didn't happen. I could kind of understand it if it hit him where it didn't hit his leg first, and it just went straight onto his arm. Yeah, I can I could understand why he, why they would give it, and I could understand if it hit his leg and hit his arm, but his arms were, like, stretched out in an unnatural position. Those yeah. two things, and I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they weren't just weren't there, I just, I've got no idea why VAR... And it would be nice to, for them to have a response, say it was it was wrong, because the, the whole world thinks it's wrong. Yeah. Like, everyone, even rival fans and stuff like that, say, yeah, it's stupid, that. Mm, think, um, and that's when you know it's right. It, it was the wrong decision. Yeah, when you've got Paddy Murphy saying on Twitter that it was a shocking decision, you know something's up. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I don't understand. It, to me, it is a clear and obvious error. It wasn't a penalty. It's not a contentious foul where you think, oh, you know what? On another day, a referee wouldn't have give that or would have give that. It's handballs for me are clear as day. And um, I can't think of specific instances right now because I've not planned to think of any. But like. Um, We've seen that happen loads of times where people appeal for handball and it's hit the chest and hit their arm first or hit the foot and hit their hand first. And they don't get given in Premier League and European football. So I just think it's a really bizarre decision. Obviously, you know, Europa League group game, not that fussed about it. It's fine. I'm over it. I'm not that angry about it. I don't even. Th- I think I made a video on it, but I, I, I'm not that arsed about it, really. Um, mm. But if that happens in a Champions League final or a World Cup final or something like that, then there'll be fucking all hell to pay. There'll be riots and shit. Yeah. So... Yeah, bit of an odd one. Um, you know what? Let's not talk about Ronaldo. Let's not be negative. Um, we're going to talk about him now anyway. I was, Guys, I was going to put a little segment in about Ronaldo in the game. I do think he hampered us a bit, but the whole team was shit, so I think it's unfair, really, for me to single out one individual. But Cristiano Ronaldo is out of contract at Man United in the summer, along with five other first-team players, three of them or maybe four of them, started that game against Sociedad midweek. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through them one by one. We'll keep you guessing on who they are. The first one is David De Gea. So, Deck, do you know what? I'm going to give you three options, right? 
You can have a release. You can have a release them at the end of the season. You yeah. can give them a new contract entirely. We don't have to talk about how much money they're on or how long it is. Or you can trigger mm-hmm. the one-year extension clause because every single player has a one-year extension clause in the contract as well. So we'll start with David De Gea. What would you do with him and why? Um, so, yeah, this is an interesting one because I, I had loved De Gea. I have loved De Gea in the past. But I think it has been very clear to see that Ten Hag has kind of had a bit of a learning curve with with De Gea that he can't play his like there's a lot of people that thought okay De Gea is not going to be able to play Ten Hag style of play he doesn't come off his line and he has poor distribution with his feet mm-hmm. um, I thought possibly it was less of an issue with the distribution with his feet and more of an issue not coming off his line if we were if we were playing like a really high line mm-hmm. um, but we saw in the first two games how much of an issue it is if you are trying to hack on the back and your goalkeeper it just doesn't have the confidence or composure yeah. to pick out that right pass. So does he fit Ten Hag style of playing? No. So that so we we need to find a new keeper. So it's a question of whether we I always say trigger that year extension because I, I feel like there will be teams that would you know would pay some money for him. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he is an he is an asset. He does need to go, but I I would say, you know, trigger that deal. Just you can't release De Gea for nothing. You can get some money for him. So trigger that year and then sell him for. It will be cheap because it's only got a year, but mm-hmm. we get some money for him. I would say. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think, um, you know, the fact that Ten Hag's changes his style of play drastically to suit players like De Gea and others. Mm. To be fair. Like the fact that Rashford's up front and Martial's injured and Ronaldo wants to leave. Um, but the fact is that to change his style of play already for De Gea, only three or four games in, I think probably speaks volumes about where he's at with his feet and coming off his line. Because Ten Hag will have seen him in training. I'm sure if he's got one iota of confidence in him, that he'll be able to turn it around and become what he wants. Like, you know, Pep's had keepers in the past. Like, Bravo wasn't the best, but he carried on doing the same thing to try and, you know, instill it into them and teach them and you know what I mean and if Ten Hag hasn't even got the the kind of patience for that already only a month or two into the season then I think it does say a lot about where he's at with him but Bravo was like was shot stopping it was that was his issue like he was just really error prone oh yeah Yeah. but he did what Pep wanted why he brought him in just Mm -hmm. he just didn't think he would be as bad as what he was yeah with the uh Maybe that was a bad example, but um, you know, in general, though, you see players that are coached. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not every. Do you know? There's there's oftentimes you'll see people come into clubs, managers come into clubs, and completely transform players. Do you know what I mean? Like look at um, Joe Linton under Eddie Howe, players like that, just as an yeah. example. Some of the Liverpool lot under Jurgen Klopp. You know, Jordan Henderson looked an average midfielder. Okay, he's not the best, but you know, he's had a very good career. There's there's all kinds of players like that. Um, so. Yeah, I'd, I, for me, I'd release him just purely because I don't see I don't see much of a resale value for him because the, the top clubs in Europe all have great keepers. So I think we'll be looking at like Europa League team that can't spend that much money anyway, and is nearly on four hundred grand a week. So to have that for a keeper who's going to possibly be sitting on the bench and then could still not get a move in the summer and leave for free and you know agree a pre-contract in January January anyway. It's a big risk. I know it's not my money, but I'd rather it be spent in other areas. So for me, I'd release him. Um, do you want to discuss that more, or should we get into the next player? Are you okay with that? No, nah, do the next one. Yeah, okay. We've got a couple of defenders coming up next. We've got Luke Shaw. Um, I'll go first on this one. We'll mix it up a bit. Okay. I'm a big Luke Shaw fan. I've waxed lyrical about him on TikTok many times, but all I'd do is trigger the one-year extension. Because he's 26 now. He's very good on his day. He's starting to sound like Paul Pogba, though, because he can be wildly inconsistent and go through purple patches. And he is quite injury-prone now. Um, I think he really has been out throughout his whole United career, to be honest, but he's coming to the to fruition a bit more at the minute. So for that reason, I'd, I'd give, give him one-year extension, not for the resale value, just because I'm not yet fully convinced that Tyrone Malassia is the answer at left-back. I know he's looked very good. He puts a lot of effort in, but sometimes he is a bit too... Almost a bit too childish, a bit too aggressive almost, gets out of position a lot, loses a lot of tackles, commits a lot, 
Um, I remember a couple of times against Saka the other week where he nearly cost us a couple of goals if the finish would have been better from doing that. So for that reason, I keep sure just for another season. And then if we get a new left back in or Malassia really kicks on, then let him go. But I think he's not on a great deal of money and I still think he is an asset. It's just whether we can get the best out of him. But again, we've not really seen what Ten Hag can do with him. So I think we should give him a chance. What do you reckon on an old Lukey Shaw? Yeah... I would say trigger the year as well. Mm-hmm. Just I'm I'm closer to release than what I would be sign new contract hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think he had, I, to be honest, I can't see him getting I can't see us getting to a position where we're like, Oh yeah, look at Luke Shaw, he's turned it around and he's now first team first team of the United. I just can't see it. I know it might be a reset he's getting in. prone as well obviously with his leg break and we everyone talks about Luke Shaw before the leg break I mean that's a long time ago now yeah it, it was only um, six months though wasn't it like if that what before his leg break everyone says you know about when everyone says how good he was before yeah exactly yeah, yeah. He, he only had only... about three or four months before he did that yeah no I thought he made his leg break so six months ago I was like bloody hell no so, no <laughs> the game with on the back and he broke his leg oh, yeah. I was very upset um, but yeah I, I'd agree with what you said there for the most part I do think he had a very good season before last and a very good Euros of England as well one of our standout players mm. um, so I do think there's quality there which is why I'd give him the one year extension and then seeing what he can do because if he does get do you know you, go on do you think he's got an engine like Malasia there? no I don't think he goes backwards and forwards like Malasia mm. I think he's integral yeah Maybe not as much. I don't think he's prone to not tracking back or something like a trend. No, no. But maybe... But just... I think Malasia, that's the one thing that really stood out to me when Malasia was in the team. Just how much he goes... I, I, do, I do get what you're saying. With that. And my, my opinion is just purely because he's... Well, on his day, he can be a quality player. One-year extension mm. isn't going to change that much. Um, but from one the side of the defence... Oh, sorry about that. 22. From one side of the defence to the other, Diogo Dallo. What do you think about yeah. him? Is, your, is this his resurgence very... convinced you? Yeah, no, this is, is an easy one. He's 23 years old, so he, you, can't, you can't let him go. Or you just got to be looking for a new contract now. I mean, since Ranyit came in, wan Wambasaka got binned off and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Like Delo has looked good. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm, you know, fully convinced. And I certainly want a, a, a right back to come in that's of a similar quality, if if not better than Delo. But I think he's a, he's a young lad. He's obviously did decent at AC Milan on loan, which is another big club. He's coming at United. He's looked really good this season. Again, I'm not giving into the recency bias and looking over his Man United tenure so far as a whole. But yeah, I think he's he has done enough, and I don't think he's, he'll be on massive wages. And and with the new contract, I don't think he'll still be on massive wages. But I think um, I think he, yeah, he's, he deserves a, a new contract. Yeah, I go along with that. Um, the same kind of with Malassia, really. I'm not 100 percent sure if he'll be our starting right back next season or the season after. But he's been good so far. I think we've always known there was a player in there. I don't really think Ollie gave him a chance, to be honest. Um, mm. Obviously, you saw him in training and stuff like that, but he never really gave him a sustained run in the team as soon as he took over. Um, so, I, I, I'm, I've been impressed with him. And like I said, I don't know if he'll be starting in two years' time, but I think I'd be happy with him being a backup. So, you know, if he starts again next season and we get another right back in a couple of years and he's, you know, second fiddle, he's more than good enough for that and he's not on a lot of money. So, I'd be more than happy with him doing that. So... I'd give the low new contract as well. I've been massively impressed by him. I'm a big fan of him. His ball progression's really good. He carries the ball really well as well. Passing's really good. I think I saw a stat, which out of all the big six right-backs, he plays the second most amount of progressive passes a game behind Trent, which is quite impressive when you consider yeah. some of the other right-backs in there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm ha- he's worked on his... Hmm? It seems like his crossing's got a lot better as well. Like, our full-backs last season, we just... I think... 
just never scored like from like crosses in the box. Like a crossing was was terrible from yeah, especially when you've got Ronaldo up front. Yeah, and uh, Delo seems to. I mean, we've already got obviously Bruno scored that goal, but um, yeah, the the crossing just seems to be a lot better. Delo's must have worked on that. Yeah, maybe. I think my last year's crossings looked decent as well. Um, Yeah. So now we're on to a midfielder. I'll let you pronounce his name. You know who he is. He's Brazilian. He's short. Frege. It's Frege. Um, I'll start off with Fred. Why not? I'd give Fred a new contract. Purely because, again, I don't think he'll be starting in United's best team in two or three years' time. This is a theme for a lot of these players, to be honest. I'm sorry if I'm boring you. But he's a very good option. Again, he's not going to be on extortionate wages. He can play in a number of positions and roles if we need him to. He's been solid for us the past year or so. I think even under you know, under Ranjik, he had a bit of a resurgence. I, I fully expect him for at some point to work his way into Ten Hag's plans as well. Um, so I'd give him a new deal. He's not, he's not too old. But I could see I could see why people would let him go because he's, he's not the best and he can be a bit inconsistent and a bit rash. But I'd give Fred another go, give him another couple of years. What do you reckon on Frizz? Yeah, I think Fresh, um is. I think this season has been disappointing, but again, I'm I'm going to look look over where Tenag could take him because I do really think he could work in the Tenag system. Like, just his energy levels are just like. Yeah, I'm ridiculous. amazed he's not been utilized more. To be honest. Yeah, and um, I think where we've seen Fred at his worst, he's been like played as a number six trying to receive the the ball off the line turn with it mm-hmm. like he's i don't think he's got an awareness of where the opposition are he hasn't got like a picture in his mind of what he wants to do with the ball when he gets past to him and like he can have a heavy touch and then it gets taken off him mm. um so i think yeah and obviously with casemiro coming in we're never going to see fred in that position again being that number six i hope not so like yeah so um i think yeah, I think I, I'd give him a new contract. Like I said, I think last season he was probably our best midfielder. To be honest, Bruno yeah, was really was really poor. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would on on that basis. Yeah, I definitely I'd give him a. And if with Casemiro coming in as well, I do think wait what you said about Fred in two or three years time yeah. probably wouldn't be in our starting lineup. I think the fact that he's doesn't seem to be not that good. Doesn't seem to have like a really high ceiling. But he's still in that Brazil starting eleven. Mm. If the you know, manages to pick, I think if he does get out the team for like a, a significant spell, then I think he'll be looking for a, a move elsewhere. Just for the fact that he's got a, a Brazil place to keep. Yeah, on. I mean, he, on that point as well, he's been at United for a long time, and no manager sold him yet. You know, Mourinho bought him. Oli still mm. used him quite a lot. Um, you know, I'm sure if Ten Hag had no plans for him this summer, he would have been on the market and there was no murmurs of that. I know a lot of players have stayed at the club this summer, but we know that some of them are publicly trying to be sold and no one wanted them. Shock horror. Um, Can you see him getting in the team, though, now? Like, he clearly bloody loves Ericsson. Like, when Ericsson came in, I thought it would be Ericsson or Bruno. Yeah, in me the too. Team. That's what I thought. Like, but clearly, Ericsson's literally a, a stable figure. Like, like, even in that Europa League game, Ericsson started... Yeah, I know they played a half each, but Ericsson started that match. Yeah. I thought it would be Bruno just because he's a bit younger. A bit I more of an Ericsson. engine as well, hasn't he, Bruno? He can yeah, play all exactly. day, can't he? Yeah. But no. Yeah, I am shocked I don't think that. that's a struggle. Yeah, I, I think he might. He might. Um, I don't know if we could go through a bad patch of results again, look a little bit shaky defensively, then he put, puts Fred in. Because I don't think this style of football that he's playing at the minute is going to be what he's going to be playing for his whole, you know, tenure at United. Ten yeah. Hag, at least I hope not. So when he's got a bit of a different plan with that and a different idea, he'll maybe do that. But I think if he fully wants to instill what he wants, he'll try and upgrade on Fred in the next year or so anyway. But um, yeah, regardless of that, I still think he's a good option to have. And like you said a couple of minutes ago about him playing in the number six and looking horrendous, that's because it's simply not his position. Like playing the yeah. role he plays for Brazil and the role he played for Shakhtar, he got quite a few goals at Shakhtar. He's very much a box-to-box midfielder. So going from that to being asked to play as a number six in some big Premier League and Champions League matches is never going to go well. Um, 
So I don't think that's really his forte. He's not that composed on the ball. He doesn't really have great vision. He's not. He can't dictate the tempo of the game. But what he does have is industrious. He's quick. He's got energy. He can press high. He'll run all day. He's got a decent tackle on him as well. He's very good at like the short passes and just keeping the ball sometimes. That's kind of what he's, he does. And he can get forward and he does have an eye for goal, like we've seen for Brazil, like we've seen the odd time for United. So I think that's his role. And I think it took United's managers a little bit of a while to kind of find out what his role is. Um, but yeah. now we know that. Oh, no. What, it took oh, so long for them to... It was like, yeah. Yeah, you just watch a Brazil, just watch a match for Brazil and see his position and then just bloody copy and paste it, surely. Yeah. Because it was like, for, for ages, United fans were saying, you know, just play him, out, play him as an eight, play him as like a dynamic box-to-box midfielder, like he is for... Yeah, because when he uh, does like get forward from the six, when he did play as a six for us, he got forward and did that well. Um, it is an odd one because Mourinho didn't really play to his strengths either and he was a guy that signed him so unless it wasn't a Mourinho signing and the board just decided to get him in I don't know but that was an odd one Um, so moving on from Fred we have got Marcus Rashford so keep release one year trigger what are you going for? Um, I think this is is a bit of a tricky one for people yeah I mean, I'm not going to, by his fairly decent start, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, yeah. Like, given his, his world like, class yeah. is back. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But, um, but I do think he is a, a big asset for the club. He's still younger. And I still think people think he's got a really high ceiling still. Like, no, I, I like even does, as a yeah. striker. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's seen... How old is he now? Is he like 20? Is it, he's 25? the same age as me. I think he was born the October before me. So he's 24. He's 25 in October. So that's next month, actually. Right. Which is yeah. fucking mega depressing. I've just realised I'm 25 in like five months. Yeah, that's not the same line. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I mean, I'll definitely sign it a new contract, I think. Because, yeah, like I say... I'm not. He has had a, a few, a couple of poor seasons. I think two in a row, isn't it? Um, mm, um, but might say more than eighteen months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with Rashford, I hope he can get back back to his best. But obviously, I don't. The thing is with a year, I think you that does that's no. It's not of any use to anyone. Demonstration. I don't think. Of, yeah, and it's not a demonstration that you have confidence in him. Like, you can't... Mm-hmm. I think Rashford will be like... Because we've heard little murmurs about him. Oh, possibly, if I'm not going to be in the squad, I'm going to go elsewhere. You've, you've, you've heard that. Whether that has indeed come from Rashford or whether that's just BS, you, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, or about being agent um, or whatever. Yeah. So, I do think... I don't think he'll be happy. And a lot of these players, like especially the big players... Like uh, like Marcus Rashford, I mean he's he's huge in terms of the of of who he is and his the marketing and stuff with with United, which I you know care less about. But that you know he is definitely a big asset for the club, and the club will want to sign him on for that. But I do think it doesn't breed confidence for him if we're like oh yeah, if we're not gonna we're not looking to negotiate and we're just gonna trigger an extension and we're like okay, you've had a good start, but. Um, we're just going to do the extension. We're not going to negotiate your contract. You need mm. to keep this consistency up. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that'll think help that'll... him. To be honest, with his confidence no. issues and everything. Um, and I mean, you know, giving a player a new two hundred grand a week contract for five years just to help the confidence sounds mental. But um, I'd I'd keep him too. I'm guessing that's what you're going to go for. You're going to say you'd keep him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd keep him yeah. too, just because I think. Unlike De Gea, unlike um, another player we're going to get onto in a minute, he does have a good resale value. Where I think that even if he did sign a new four-year deal, he had a bit of an off year. Say next season he gets ten league goals as an average season. We want to upgrade on him. I still think you get forty million for Marcus Rashford after a season like that. You know, I think there'll be, yeah. so, there'll be some top European clubs that still come in for him. Thinking the likes of PSG, maybe a Juventus, maybe someone like that. I don't think we'll be short of offers if we did want to sell him. Um, so for that reason, I give him a new deal. And like you said, I think he's got a high a high ceiling. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Jaden Sancho does for sure. Um, in terms mm, of what I he can know. do in his skill set. Okay, well, 
Uh, we can because Jane's a lot younger. I mean, he's only two like, years younger, isn't he? But I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 we could, we could talk about this now. Actually, I did see an interesting clip on TikTok from Liaz. You know, Liaz. Um, I'm guessing you know Liaz, right? Yeah, the TikTok thing. Yeah, well, he, made, the, uh... he does like edits and stuff and like voiceovers mostly. Right. But anyway, he said that Sancho. He's a bit sick, a bit fed up with Sancho because when he has a bad, bad performance, he kind of doesn't accept any responsibility on the ball, which you think is true. Like you said, if Rashford has a bad game, he's trying to shoot, he's trying to connect players, trying to put crosses in. Whereas when Sancho has a bad game, he's just very quiet and just passes the ball back or makes short passes. Do you know what I mean? So I do mm. think San- I don't think Sancho's been all that this season. I think he's got a couple of good goals, but I don't think he's had a yeah. great effect on games. Um, what I would, yeah, what I would say is that is. <laughs> It's, you can you can look at that two ways. Another time, like say Bruno or Rashford has a bad game, people are going just bloody do the simple things and then. Oh yeah, no, I'm not no, saying one's right or wrong. So it's like yeah, yeah, but, no, yeah. I do. I know what you say. I mean, Sancho today, the, Sancho this season has had some bloody great games and is is just been completely missing in a lot of games as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that's that's the like, point. Yeah. The story. Yeah. Um... So I, I honestly think Rashford does have a higher ceiling than Sancho. He's quicker, he's more explosive, he's definitely a better finisher. Um, you know, Sancho's a better passer um, and a bit, bit better creator. But I'd say on his day, Rashford's dribbling's as good as Sancho's. You know, Rashford, Sancho's is a bit more close control and silky and stuff. But I genuinely think if you both had both players reaching a full potential, Marcus Rashford would be up there with the likes of Haaland and Mbappe. I actually do believe that. Um, maybe a tier below them, but I think it'd be close to that. Do you know what I mean? Like top twenty in the world, yeah. Ballon d'Or kind of. I, I genuinely do. Yeah, I just don't see his him get like. I don't think he's got that instinct, that striker's instinct. Like he, no way, he could make it on the left. It could be the left w- left winger though. That's why. I'd, that's where I play him anyway. That, like you say about his creativity, it's it's not there. So I mean, the wing, I, I suppose not, he can. Break, he's not there to get. No, a lot I, of I'm not saying it's not there. Instinct, like, I, no, I wasn't. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to say, like Sancho's is better. But a few times you see Rashford mm. put crosses in from deep or beat a man in the byline and play a ball across goal. I've seen that for a fact mm. before. Um, those whipped crosses, though, isn't it? It's like those cutting and then whipping. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like if he cuts in from the. Yeah, yeah, I know it is, but uh, I don't know. I just, I just think. By the way, I don't hate. <laughs> yeah, I no. found a bit like everybody hating. No, no, yeah. I just think what, uh, what the best we've seen of Marcus Rashford in the last five years is better than what we've seen of Jaden Sancho. And I know Sancho's oh, younger yeah. and he could come on to more, but I honestly think I'm not saying he will be a better player. I'm just saying if they both mm. realise the potential, I think he will. He's a more talented footballer. But anyway, let's hope both do. Let's and what? Then we're in a good position. Let's hope both reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. But I honestly think if you ask me right now who's more likely to succeed as a United player, I'd say Rashford over Sancho. I think Sancho needs to do something fast. I I'm just not being impressed with him. Anyway, on to another forward who's mostly misfiring for us this season. When he gets on the pitch, it's a Sue guy. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of hope you got the same answer for me as this one, Deck. Let me know what you think, yeah. what you're saying. Uh, probably in a seven-year contract, I'd love to see him. <laughs> and then giving the manager's job after that. Yeah, he deserves it because of what he did for us in 2008, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got, he's got to be released, isn't he? If he makes it until the end of the season, like he'll probably get get gone in January for mm. me, probably. But yeah, it, other than that, release at the end of the season, 100%. I mean, yeah. like you say, but he wants to leave. Even if we get if we get Champions League football, you, you've seen that the the lack of interest. I know it's massive thing is because of his wages, but there's not many clubs like you would think. Probably like Bayern Munich get when they rid of uh, Lewandowski. That's probably the most likely, but it doesn't mm-hmm. fit them. No, he's just not. You just want to build for the future, and I want United to get a young striker in. I'm fed up with. Ronaldo, uh, well, Cavani. Cavani, Ronaldo. We Zlatan. Yeah. Yeah. The youngest one we've had. I just want a young striker. Yeah, the youngest one we've had is fucking Lukaku, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he needs, he needs to go. Yeah, I'll keep this short and sweet. United don't want him. I don't want him. 
he doesn't want to be here, so why the fuck would you yeah. would you keep him? All parties. Yeah, it literally makes no sense at all. So thank you yeah. for what you did fifteen years ago, Ronnie, but it's it's time to go. Right, so from that, they're actually drawing one all at home to Ajax right now. It's half time. Oh. Mohamed Caduce with an absolutely unbelievable go to level the score in off the crossbar. I kept it in and didn't mention it and go mental. We're going to talk a, a little bit about Liverpool's loss to Napoli. It might be a bit redundant now, a week later, but you know what? We recorded a day late. We'll get on to the reasons why after, so shove it up your bollocks. We're going to talk about it anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll head straight off and just say I am worried about Liverpool. They've looked better in this game against Ajax, granted, but it's only 45 minutes. But I'm worried about Liverpool. Um, a lot of the players look off it. They look tired. They look fatigued. They just don't look like the heads are in the game, a bit like when a manager's tenure or kind of dynasty's coming to an end. I don't know if it's that severe yet, but against Napoli, they were just abject. Some of the most consistent performers over the last five years, Trent, Van Dijk, just being absolutely shocking. Salah not affecting the game at all. The only really bright sparks have had a Luis Diaz and Harvey Elliott, I think, so far this season. Um, and I just think they were really poor. I, in, in my head, I don't know what you think. I'm going to say that it's probably down to the fact that how close they were last season. I think it's more of a mentality thing, this. I don't think for one second they'd turn on Klopp and his ideas. Um, because last season, yeah, they only won the cup double, but they were two three, two goals away from potentially winning a champion, a quad, an unprecedented quadruple in the English game. So, you know what I mean? I know they weren't didn't look the best mm-hmm. towards the end of last season, but they still got results done. They still got 90-odd points in the league. Um, so I genuinely think the reason they're being like this so far this season, we'll see if it picks up in the weeks to come, is because of how close they were to achieving greatness and how, you know, how down they must still be about that and how it'll affect them mentally. Like, imagine getting so close to the greatest achievement English football's ever seen and then not achieving it. Do you know what I mean? Almost like, say, you know, huh? Yeah, I would say that they bounced back from the defeat when the Centurions and then they got 99 points. And they won the league the the year after that, didn't they? Yeah, no, they did. I just because it was so close to such a big thing, and they've already won the league now. So maybe it was like we were so close to win the league, we've not won the league in so long. I think it's very easy to motivate a set of players to do something like that, especially when a lot of mm. them have been at the club for a long time. Some of them are scousers as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just I know you can use that argument as well, but they were so close to achieving absolute greatness, like being immortalised yeah. in football until the end of time. Like, gen- would have gone down as one of the best football insides ever just for the achievements he would have got. And they were so close to doing that and then didn't quite do that. That that must have been in the heads all summer. Like, do you know what I mean? If, if I... Yeah. If I played in a Sunday league game and I lost, that would be in my head for a few days. Never mind, you know, losing the biggest games of your life a week apart. Yeah, I think I think it's for, for me it's just more I think every team goes and nation goes through cycles of of dominance. Mm-hmm. Like and I think their cycle has come and they haven't won all that much. Like yeah, that's maybe their, that's getting to them. Happens. Yeah. yeah, it just so happens that City, uh, well, City might be a, a different scenario. I mean, they'll have a cycle, but it's just how long that cycle is. I mean, United cycle was was very, very long and full of, mm-hmm. full of trophies, but but cities might be like that considering the the amount of investment that they that they do have. Mm. But yeah, I just think it's uh, I think the way that like Liverpool operates, obviously not with big finances, they've they've unbelievable scouting network and the, the players that they bought in. And you've seen a lot of uh, shortcomings with the squad. You've seen they haven't nowhere near got the, the, the amount of squad depth. It's always been the case, but it's really been highlighted. Um, but I, I would, with, I would... with Thiago being injured has like, basically destroyed them for quite a, quite a few games. Yeah, I would caveat um, that with the fact that I think they've got the best squad depth now than they've had since Klopp's been there. Would you not agree? Yeah, Obviously, the midfield's been... a bit light, but in terms of we've got five very good attackers, some very good, you know, Matip, Canate, Van Dijk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it is, it is good, but it's not It's not City who you, who you compete with. Oh, of with. course not. But and, I, do, I, do think, I don't and, really think it's an argument for them to, to make for lacking, yeah. you know, lacking kind of success, success anymore. In midfield, I don't think... Now they've brought our, our tour in, it's obviously better. But um, yeah, I think midfield's the big one. Yeah, I mean, definitely. and obviously that 
they're getting a lot older. Uh, Fabinho's one year older. Henderson's one year older as well. I, I mean, Thiago's only not about spring chicken either. I think Fabinho's only about twenty-seven. Oh, is he? No, he's twenty-eight. Oh, he oh no, he's twenty. But he's twenty-nine this summer in October. Yeah. Did he sign him when he was that young? I feel like he was only like twenty-four when he signed him. He has been there for four years now. So yeah, he yeah. Was. Yeah, I remember him being younger than I thought when he signed him because he's always looked quite old and he was like 24. Um, but yeah, that is a good point. I think they are coming to, they are definitely coming, maybe not to the end of the cycle in terms of trophies and being up there um, and success, but I think they're certainly coming to the end of the cycle with this team, definitely. Like you think, like you said, Fabinho's 28. He can obviously play that position for quite a long time because he's a DM, he doesn't get about a lot. But um, I think... Tiago, he must be about 32, um, and obviously he might start slowing down. Van, I'm, these players that I'm listing, by the way, I'm not saying they're bad or they're any worse than they were last season, but Van Dijk's about 31. Um, I think Matip's a similar age. Robertson's getting... Worse. Yeah. Well, he is, yeah, but I'm not saying like Van Dijk's finished. Cause, yeah, I'm not saying Van Dijk's finished because yeah, yeah. he was 31. But you know what I mean? Robertson's yeah. getting on for 30 now, and he's looked poor this season. He's been dreadful. Um, mm. Salah's obviously into his 30s as well. Jota's not that young of a player and some of the most important players like Robertson, like Salah, um, are getting towards the end stage of their career. So I think Liverpool are going to be in for a rude awakening when you have to replace so many players at the same time. Um, but I still think that's a couple of years down the line. But yeah, I agree. Van Dijk has been very poor this season. I've seen people say he's only made, excuse me, a few high profile, mista- a couple of high profile mistakes and for the most part has been solid. I don't agree with that at all. I think he looks like a completely different player this season. He looks lost. It looks like his confidence has kind of gone and he's he's been abysmal for me, um, especially yeah. obviously give away a penalty against um, against Napoli as well. And I think he gave another one away what, earlier on in the season too. What, what do you think about like where it just, all the players stood still? I can't remember who scored, but it was like, it was mental. One of the goals that Napoli scored, a lot of the Liverpool fans, especially I, Trent's... I think, it, I think like it was a third one, wasn't it? Ew. I think it was a third yeah. goal. Yeah, it, it was an odd one. Like, Trent's done him. Uh, he's done Trent and done Gomez. And then him, Fabinho and Trent are all kind of just stood in a line behind him. And it's not like they're going to like they'd even be able to do anything if they challenged him. But they didn't even make an effort to, which I thought was really bizarre. Um, they just completely de- dejected from the the two yeah, goals. They, yeah, like, they, they just stood there. Like like I said, they're not. They're probably not going to be able to get back and make a last ditch challenge, but at least try. And then when that cross was put in for one of the goals as well, I think it was the same one. Um, it was Simeone, Diego Simeone's son actually, who was just stood at the back post. Yeah. Van Dijk was a yard in front of him, exactly in line with him, so he was onside, and he just looked not bothered. It was just really bizarre. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was really weird that he didn't try and put a challenge in or at least get across. He just looked like he kind of stood there and he was just eyeing up the guy that was putting the cross in rather than looking at who was behind him. And they just looked very old at sea. But um, like I said, drawing one all of Ajax, second half just kicked off. And even though they are drawing against an Ajax side that haven't beaten Liverpool since 1966, which is a mental stat, by the way, um, wow. they, they have looked better. Like Ajax's goal kind of did come out of nothing. They have come close a lot. Keepers kind of kept Ajax in the game. Um, they so need they have, to win it, though. Yeah, well, as I'm saying this, just one second, Bergwijn's going forward with someone in the area and Liverpool, they could have a penalty here. It's not giving it. Never mind. I genuinely thought Ajax were going to score. They were like three on one then and messed it up. So sorry yeah. about the live commentary, but I thought that was going to ruin my whole point about saying how they look so much better. Them, yeah, that's true. Um, does it ramble on Twitch for them, guys. Anyway, um, so the Liverpool game is going ahead tonight. Man United's game against Sheriff is going ahead on Thursday night, but the game against Leeds is not, and the game against Crystal Palace last weekend was not. Obviously, after the the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II, condolences to everyone involved with that. Um, but what what do you think, Deck, about the games being called off? Do you think it's right? So we'll, we'll tell you what. We'll start with the first game because the first game was literally called off at the discretion of the Premier League. The government. Um, the royal family said do what you want let football go ahead we don't care every other sport went ahead there were some really nice minute silences in the cricket and stuff and national anthems and bands which is I think is better a better tribute to pay to the Queen than not doing anything at all and just sitting at home and just being miserable Um, so what were your thoughts on the Premier League's decisions to call all the games off in the weekend just gone yeah I mean it's ridiculous like I like you, yeah. I agree on the the sentiment that um, 
it would be better to show your respects and have the minute silence and stuff. Even though I do think that is a little bit odd because I, I just find it weird when, like, for example, obviously I would do that because I'm British, but, for example, you had on, on Thursday everyone in the Sociedad ma uh, match, but everyone did a minute silence. Yeah, You've got um, 11 Spanish players, and I think Maguire was the only English player starting there. So, I mean... And I think he was the only English player as part of the Commonwealth as well. So, I mean, no one gives a shit other than McGuire, really, because it's like you're just giving a minute size for a queen that is not... Yeah, I think, I think it, should be reserved for, it should be reserved for Premier League games that are between English teams with English yeah. fans at the stadiums. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's, that's odd. And I get it, it's for the fans, but, you know, you, you got most of it in the Premier League now, you know, it's... It, it's I don't know what the percentage is of British players that would be in the starting. It's probably like 25% British or, or around that. So I, I just think that the, those kind of things like celebrating, even like when you're forcing players to put um, like roses, red roses on, I, I would do that personally, of course, like yeah, embrace that, remembering like fallen soldiers and stuff. You know about, you know about uh, poppies? You have, yeah, poppies, just anything, anything like that, really, I just don't think should be in football because it's like... Um, yeah, it's not. It's not fair. It's not like you it's could a, have a German. You could have yeah. You could have a German wearing a a, a, a poppy on on, yeah. on their on their shirt. It's like doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you like could have, you could have Zidane Bell, who's buddy, uh, um, obviously Iraq nationality. We've gone in their country, buddy. I don't want to get too political, but obviously we, we there was an unjust war because we because of nuclear weapons, etc. Yeah, you know, killed a lot of his uh, civilians. What we're going to make him. Wear a poppy, poppy on his on his shirt. Yeah, like, I, all yeah of those I find things, it weird. All of those things are just, you know, for me, shouldn't be. It needs to be modernised, like, doesn't it? Like in yeah. in the nineteen fifties, it would have made sense because it will have genuinely just been English players playing in the in the English leagues at that point. Um, yeah, for the most and, part, anyway, or at least British players. Um, go on. What were you going to say? Yeah, uh, and in terms of so initially, it was cancelled just because you know it was a. The, so the first round of games, Premier League games, were cancelled just because it was so soon, and now a lot of the next round are because because of policing issues. Yeah, I um, was going to get into so, that. Yeah. So the first round is it is silly for me for the reasons that I've that I've said. Do you want to go through your thoughts on the on the first game, and then we'll say yeah, the, the second. Yeah, I I I massively agree with you. I don't see how it benefits anyone taking enjoyment away from people in their weekends just to mourn the loss of someone they don't know. I think people should have the choice on what they do. Um, um, yeah. I, I don't. Obviously, the royal family didn't ask for it. No one wanted it. Every other sport, every other event went ahead. Shops are still open. Pubs are still open. People are still living their lives. So for the Premier League and Nine the FA, yeah, yeah, exactly. So for the Premier League and the FA to be so disconnected from the British public and football fans like we know they are. I think it's just an, an indictment of where British culture's at at the minute. Um, but anyway, I've made my piece for that now. That was last week. So yeah, let's talk about the games that are called off. So I know for a fact United versus Leeds is called off and Chelsea mm. versus Liverpool. I think there's a third game as well, but I can't remember what that one is. Um, as you said a second ago, these are to do with police being moved around. So GMP, so Greater Manchester Police, a lot of them are having to go down to London on Sunday, I believe, to prepare for the the Queen's kind of state funeral on Monday afternoon. So I, I, I do understand that one more. I do think it's it's an unprecedented event that's never going to really happen again. On you know you know when Charles dies or something, it's, it will be you know there'll be the same kind of stuff, but it won't be to this kind of scale as big as it is for the Queen. I think that's just a fact to be honest because she's been around for so long. Um, but yeah, I I kind of think it's a shame that the police are being taken away from Manchester and the normal jobs and having to go and do this. But I do suppose there's a lot of world leaders there. There's going to be a lot of politicians there, a lot of famous people there. So I do understand it. But as a football fan who just wants to watch United play again and not in the Europa League against Farmers, I'm a bit upset about it. Yeah. Well, if I, if I was a criminal living in Manchester, I'd be rubbing my hands together. Yeah, I know. I'm wondering it, how they still. Yeah, <laughs> because it's there's no way it's just going to be the police that were at the United game. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be more than oh, that. Yeah. So what's going on with? Yeah. You know, if there's someone's raped or someone's stabbed or someone's well, shot, that, what are they doing? Well, that's it, and that's the reason why I, I don't just I don't agree with it anyway. Like the fact that 
all the policing is going there. There's one hundred percent. There's going to be police calls to deal with serious events that are happening where there's just not there's not going to be the shortages. The waiting times are going to be a lot a lot mm-hmm. longer, and people will probably lose their lives for it across the country if there's that much police down there. I do understand, you know, like you say, unprecedented. Yeah, I understand why uh, it has to happen, but I don't like it. You know, which kind of yeah. guess is what what you're saying too. Yeah, yeah, especially with the the the, the police uh, shortages. I don't I understand just, why. I was just going to say that actually. Yeah. Just, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe we've got the second biggest other... police force or something. I don't know, and I, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I don't know. Let's say, for instance, I know Villa are playing Southampton. There's not going to be as many police needed for that because it's not as big of a stadium and it's not as much of a rivalry. So, you know what I mean? They may be able to let enough police go from Southampton and send enough to London while still being able to police that game because it's a fairly standard game, is my only thinking. Yeah. Couldn't you just... Couldn't you just separate... Instead of having a load of police go from from Manchester, could you not separate it out and say, okay, we're going to have so many from Birmingham, so many yeah. from Manchester? I mean, maybe they so are. Yeah, we don't know all the facts, do we? We just literally know yeah. it's because of the lack of police presence. But if we want to talk about lack of police, and that goes back to the um, Conservatives' consistent cutting of the police and the fact that we've got 20% less on the streets than we did 10 years ago, even though there's more crime now than ever and the population's ever growing. But this isn't a politics podcast, even though that is a truth. Yeah. Um, so yeah. hey, if if Boris Johnson and all the other Tory cunts um, staffed this country properly and didn't spend the money on PP fucking packages for the mates and you know making sure the pa- partners don't have to pay any tax and paying off lawsuits for hitting women and shit, then maybe we'd have enough people to police the streets, we'd have enough nurses and doctors. But hey, we're all just cogs living in a system that are unaware of all this, like most people are. So. Um, should we move on from that? Sorry about that. I just have to, I still have to always get every time I always yeah. calm down. And then I have to still get it off my chest. So we're talk, this is this Declan might be the best link mm. we've ever done. So we're talking about lack of policing, and now we're talking about the sheriff. We're talking about oh, sheriffs now. Yeah. Do you like that? I'm rubbing my hand. I'm rubbing my thighs. I, did, at that. Yeah. I, I got excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that was good. Um, so yeah, we're playing. So that rank was just to set you up. Yeah, essentially, a big brained it. I'm always, I'm always, fight. mate. I already know what I'm going to say ten minutes up before I say it. I'm just that good, um, like a fucking typewriter in my head. Anyway, we are playing the Moldovan Giants that are Sheriff Tiraspol on Thursday at some point. I'm not sure if it's a later game or an early kickoff. I'm not quite sure. I'm just going to check that now. So it is. We're not going to get into it too much. It's a quarter to six kickoff on a Thursday. Brilliant. Fuck's sake. Quarter to six, Deck. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. That's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I did, yeah. Getting from work and then you have to... Not f- really. Fuck it. Fuck having tea. Get the football well, on. I I just won't be able to do it. Well, I just won't be able to do watch on for it. No. Yeah. I, I'll so probably I'll do one. living in a bloody Airbnb. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that quickly, actually. So Deck's actually in the process of moving, so... That's why I'm hosting the episode. That's why Dex Mike isn't the best because he loves you guys that much that he's sat in his car in the Airbnb in car the park in the dark at nine o'clock on a fucking Tuesday in September recording this on his phone. So that's a level of commitment you're getting from your host there. Um, so exactly. there'll be um, just quickly there'll be a, there'll be no clips because this is solely going out on podcast platforms. No YouTube video because obviously Dex on his phone in a dark car, so face cam might not look the best. So. It's literally just audio this week, so now you know why. Maybe I should have addressed that at the start, but hey-ho, who cares? So, should we just do... Go on. Well, to be honest, if the if people only watch the YouTube, then they won't be able to hear this message anyway. That is so. true. Fuck them. Hmm? Yeah, well, not we can do, is yeah. it? Anyway, um, no. there's no point in getting into it too much, is there? Because we're not really that bothered about it. We don't really know who Sheriff are, other than he played all right in the Champions League last year. So why yeah. don't we just quickly do a lineup we'd both like to see? And do you know what? You do you want to name yours, and I'll tell you if I make any changes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I think is, what I think is okay. One positive, I guess you could say, is the fact that we know we haven't played Sunday. We're playing Thursday, and we're not. We know we're not playing Sunday as well. Yeah. So it's like we can just play our strongest team. We don't need to rotate. So, or what, what we think is strongest. So, I think, um, obviously, De Gea in goal. 
No, 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 because it's Europa League and we've had, I'm not doing it rotated, I'm doing it as if it's a Premier League match, because we're yeah, not because playing we're on Sunday. Yeah, we're not playing, that's a good point, yeah, go on, sorry. It's just, that's that's it, and oh, and uh, I wanted to bring this up, when you said about Dubravka, I, I think the reason why we're not playing him in, in we're not going to rotate him at all, is because he has a clause in his contract, after so many games we have to, we have to sign him, so if he comes in, he plays in his shit. We have yeah. to sign him if he plays a certain amount of games. So I think he's literally just there as a straight back of a day. It literally can't play. Because, yeah, yeah for, for that reason. So, but yeah, I'd go De Gea in goal. I'd go back four picks itself. I'm literally playing like a Premier League, our strongest uh, team, or what has been our strong, uh, strongest team that's got us the, the wins, basically. Um, Mar- Marcia, Martinez, Veran. Hello, mm-hmm. Mick Tomenay, who's yeah. comes back in, yeah, and gonna put in another worldie, yeah. Uh, so. Christian Eriksen, Bruno Fernandes. Um, I'll go with Anthony and Jaden Sancho on the wings, and Marcus Rashford up front. Yeah. However, there is a rumor that Marcus Rashford is is injured. Brilliant. There's a there's a rumor. I don't think he's been uh he's been training or it hasn't been pictured with the first team. Great news. So whether he's all right for Thursday or not, if 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 not, then it's obviously got to be uh, it's Ronaldo up front. Yeah. If not, we'll play like Alanga or someone like someone more fluid or Ericsson Fultz nine. But but I think I'd probably prefer to have Ronaldo over yeah, those two I'd options. Yeah, probably would because they're not consistent enough, are they? Um, yeah. yeah, I did. I did think it was odd that he wasn't on the bench for the game against Sociedad. So that must be why, I presume, um, because mm. he's injured, Mar- Marcus. Um, I'll I'll go for the same team as you, except I'll put Shaw at left back instead of Malassia, just because I want to see him get a game and see what he's like under Ten Hag. After we're kind of rejuvenated, but apart from that, literally spot on, the exact same team. Martial, I'd bring in yeah. if he was fit, but again, it's it's one of these weird injuries where Ten Hag never puts a number on how many weeks he's out for, but he's never back. It's never like well, he's out for it? four weeks. I don't know. I've no idea. I've no idea. Maybe he's actually going through something. I don't know. But they never say yeah. what it is, and then it's he might be back next week, or he's not back this week. I'm not sure if he's back next week, or he might be back next week. It's never like he's out for six weeks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know there is injuries where you struggle to put a time frame on it, but it would be nice to actually know what it is. Um, I don't know if it'll be somewhere in an article on United's website, but I've not seen it banded around what he's actually got. So it is a bizarre yeah. one. Well, but... I don't even bother. He's pre- Ten Hag's press conference is <laughs> bloody dry. Yeah, he's, he's very to the point, I mean, isn't he? I love the guy, but bloody hell. Yeah, I just think yeah. he doesn't take any press bullshit, does he? Not, not the best. No. Well. No. He'll literally give one word answers and he won't even. Yeah, I've not really like, watched one. What do you think about the uh, Russia and Ukraine situation? Shit. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like Van Gaal, but more miserable, isn't he, basically? Yeah, yeah, people are very abrupt. I think if a lot of them don't want to answer a question, they just won't answer it. They don't entertain people yeah. they can't be asked with, which it's a lot like English people in a way, um, in a sense. Yeah, no, Dutch are very blunt. Yeah, they like English, but, 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 but yeah, a lot of the ones we yeah. see over here are at least in a footballing world. Um, yeah. So, a quick little score prediction then. What are you going for the score? Wait, we're away. Bear in mind, could probably put our strongest team out. What do you reckon? We're going to get the three points. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I think mm-hmm. Sheriff's uh, magic dust has dried up, I think, from the Champions League last season. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to pull out another worldie, at least I hope not. I think the fact that we're going to probably play our strongest team with all the rest that the players are going to have. Um, yeah, I'd say I think it'll be difficult. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I, I'll go... I don't... I'll go two. 2-0 I don't think yeah. they score I'm going to be boring and say the same I was thinking that before you actually mm. said it as well but I think I think we should keep a clean sheet yeah I bet you were defences look yeah fuck off defences look fairly solid um, you know Sociedad if it wasn't for a bullshit penalty we wouldn't really come that close to conceding Arsenal conceded one goal Liverpool won you know so if we can hold our own against those kind of teams I'd like to think we can go with a clean sheet against a team from Moldova no offence to any Moldovans listening so that's what we've got then. Obviously, as we've previously mentioned, there's no... Ga- you are? 
that is bloody loads. Yeah, there's got to be loads. We're, we're, loads we're, of Moldovan. We're big in Moldova, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so obviously no game against Leeds to preview at the weekend. Um, Man United's next game after that will be, I'm just going to get this up because I'm always unprepared. I think it's going to be a bit of a while because there's an international break. Yeah, so Man United's oh, next game October, is the 2nd of October against Man City. Yeah. So it's really nice that we could have had these games at home to Leeds just before the City game. Get your confidence up, smash a rival like we always do. Get a good win away at Palace. I'm not saying these would have happened, but now we've got to go from international break straight into Man City. So that'll be hilarious and enjoyable for us all. So um, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh, probably try and stretch out the Sheriff game for a full 45 minutes to an hour. Um <laughs> But yeah, so no games this weekend, so nothing to look forward to in that aspect, at least for United, but you know, we're not going to preview every team's game, so hopefully this has been enough for you guys. We'll be back next week with something, talking about something, what I don't know, but we'll endeavour to think of something to talk about. As always, check out the socials. Go on, Deck. Yeah, we'll try and do like some things that don't have to be on topic in terms of news. Yeah, yeah, why not like top... Yeah, or we game show. Yeah, or we could do like a discussion about like Premier League all time eleven. Some, you know, some not that, but something like that. Do you know what I mean? Just like a player list or something, or talk about signings. We'll think of something fun for you guys to listen to anyway, and it'll be very good and very jolly and very enjoyable for you all. Yeah. Um. So TikTok meets Spotify podcast. I mean, isn't that kind of what we do anyway? Yeah, I guess we talk about more topical stuff, but not like these are the most ten underrated players yeah. in the Premier League. Well, guess what? The podcasts that do them all do better than this one, so maybe we should do it more often. <laughs> I don't know. That's they're the kind of clips that go viral. Um, yeah. But anyway, if I'll complete my outro now. Um, Devil in the detail on all digital pla- on all platforms: YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Obviously, nothing on TikTok or YouTube this week, as I've just said. So sorry about that. So there's no point even checking them out, but give them a follow for future endeavours. And also, give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Helps us out a lot. I think it helps us push us out. Obviously, we're not fucking Jackmates Happy Hour. We're not getting on the charts. But if you sat there in your chair right now, having a little wank listening to this, gives us a five-star, then that'll make people who come onto the podcast and find it be more likely to listen to it because it seems like it's enjoyable, even if it isn't. So... Do that for us, please. Thank you for listening as always. We'll be back next week. Deck, have you got any parting words to the listeners? Um, I shot the sheriff. Okay, brilliant.